Welcome to the Launch Your Live podcast, a show dedicated to providing you with daily, top-level, live video tips, tricks, and strategies to not only help you start, but also excel at live streaming. Here are your hosts, Christian Karashevitz and Jim Fuse. How long should live videos be? Some platforms recommend that you stream for at least 20 minutes, while others say one to three minutes. What is an ideal length for your live videos? On this episode, we're going to discuss tips for better live video broadcasts. So Jim, what is the right length for a live video? I know this is going to make you roll your eyes there at home, but I'm going to start out by saying it depends. But what I will say is you want to start with the end in mind because this is going to help you determine what your length should be. You know, there's some platforms that are going to let you stream for hours at a time, but will your audience stay interested? So once we know what kind of video we want to do, this is going to help us figure out what that link should be. And there's a lot of factors that go into determining how long your live video should be. So Christian, you want to talk about some of the factors? Definitely. And, you know, there are a lot of miscellaneous items that go into figuring out what that optimal length is. There is no specific number. For example, you should stream for one hour or two hours or 45 minutes or 30 minutes or 15 minutes. And the reason this is, is because it comes down to what is the purpose of your live stream? For example, Jim, are you going to be streaming about a tip? Are you going to be conducting an interview? Are you going to be doing a webinar where there's typically an upsell at the end and also a presentation? So the purpose of your live stream is important to help you determine what that right length should be. Do you have any examples, Jim, for, for example, tips or interviews? Right. A tip could be as simple as like, Hey, I'm going to come on real quickly and show you a tip maybe about how to use a microphone properly or how to frame yourself when you're doing a video. An example though, and to think about with an interview is if you're having someone take the time to have a conversation, you want to one, not only value their time, but value your audience's time. So do you really want to do a short interview or do you want to do something that's longer so they really get to tell their story and connect with your audience? Live webinars can be a variety of things. We see those all the time. And what are some examples that you could think of, Christian? Well, I want to go back to the tips one, actually, because a lot of people, they think that, hey, I'm going to stream this you know, three to five minute tip. Well, if that's the case, I look at it like this. If you're going to be making a live stream and it's going to be about a tip, maybe the component you need to focus on is your audience. For example, if I'm making a video about a tip, are people actually going to be commenting or is this just content they can consume? Because if it is content that they can consume without actually having to have any dialogue with me, maybe that would actually work better as a pre-recorded video that I upload to my channel. 
Now, if I have a video, for example, and I'm teaching somebody, and this is the webinar example, then I might want to take audience questions. And I think that's key because, you know, the whole point of live streaming for the most part is you want to actually give people information, but you want them to also be able to interact with you. You know, it's not just a one-way street there. So you want to take that into consideration as well when you're figuring out what that purpose of that video is. Because, you know, if I'm there to serve my audience, as I should be, want to make sure that I also am valuing their time. And I'm also giving them ample opportunity to have conversations with me. Because otherwise, I could just upload a pre-recorded video and answer their comments when I get around to it. So, Jim, what's another factor, by the way, to help you determine the optimal length of your live stream videos. How much preparation time do you need to produce this live stream? Is the time you have to put into preparing it worth the end result of what this live stream is going to be? Because back to your earlier point, if I'm going to do a tip video and I'm going to have to prepare for an hour to put out this short three to five minute video, maybe I should just do a recorded video. And it kind of goes back to what you were talking about earlier. But even when we're preparing to do interviews or webinars, you know, there's a lot of that that time that goes in. And I'm not saying that this is necessarily the right factor, but I remember back in my days in school, and you may remember this, right? It was like three hours of preparation for every one hour of, of, of execution. So are you going to need the double the time to prepare for the time that you're going to put something out. And so do you have that time built in? Because the last thing you want to do is cut corners because it's going to show on the back end. I mean, what are your thoughts, Christian? Well, I would say this, even if you're going to be making a short video, it's going to take you a fair amount of time to prepare for it. For example, you're going to have to set up your environment. You're going to have to get your lighting right, get your camera right, you know, get all that equipment ready. And if you're literally just recording a five minute video, you know, you have to look at like the long-term value there because the content, it needs to be really good. But if it's five minutes, is it worth me setting it up for one hour to just have a five minute video? You know, if there's long-term value there, then yes, it definitely is. But it really comes down to, you know, how much time you have available to produce this content and making sure that the content is, is really good as well, because you only get, you know, one chance to make a first impression with someone. Great point. So, Jim, what are some other factors to help people determine how long their live video should be? Who's your audience? What platform are they on? Because it does you no good to be live streaming to a platform if your audience's not there. I mean, if you're in the business space, you know, it's not easy to get LinkedIn live, but you might have your audiences on LinkedIn. And so, is it really doing you any good to be talking about business stuff on Facebook? You know, is your business audience hanging out there? Maybe you want to look at something like YouTube and or even, you know, you can actually live stream to your website. Don't always get caught up in, oh, I got to be live streaming on a social platform. But that also goes back to community building. The other thing is, as an example, if your audience is on Instagram, you're going to have to use the mobile device to use Instagram live. And I'd love to hear your thoughts on this, Christian. Well, I, I think from an audience perspective, it's definitely making sure you are on the right platform. And I love your point that you made there. If you're talking about business and you're trying to reach them on Facebook, a lot of people are not on Facebook to do business for the most part. Yes, you hear a lot of people saying, well, yes, everybody's on Facebook to buy 
And the answer, no, they're not actually. It really, it's going to come down to the content and who you're trying to reach. For example, if you're trying to reach the CEO of a company, they're not going to be on any live streaming platform. They're busy running a company, making money. If you're not able to reach that person, you have to look and say, who is the next person down in that organizational chart that I would be able to get in front of? And who would actually be, for example, tuning into my live stream? For the most part, okay, if it's not the CEO or any of the executive board, it'll probably be a developer. Well, is a developer hanging out on Facebook, for example? Chances are, no, they're probably over in a discussion forum or another area. They're not necessarily going to be on a social media channel. So you do have to make sure you pay attention to your audience. And then to your point, you know, if the audience is on Instagram, you do have to use Instagram live to reach them. And that's going to change the dynamic as well. So that means that the person is probably not going to be sitting at a desk watching this. They're going to probably be walking and out and about. And that means that the delivery of the content might not actually be hitting its mark per se, because if somebody, for example, has to watch on mobile, well, they're not going to probably be watching and taking notes unless they're using like a tablet or have a two screen setup or something. But you do have to factor in who your audience is, because that's going to help you figure out the right playground or the right place that you want to be playing in. So Jim, what other factors do we need to consider? When are you going to be live streaming? I think one of the biggest factors, and, and you and I both, I mean, Social Chefs is, has, I think, 254 episodes. The Tim and Jim show is about to hit episode 100. Mm-hmm. It's all about consistency and a schedule of consistency. If people don't know when you're going live, that in and of itself is going to be a struggle to get people to watch you live because they never know when you're going to go live. But also, you've got to remember that not everyone is going to be available when you want them to be. But it also gives you a couple of opportunities. I think one is what we call pop-up lives. These can be very effective. You can you know, do breaking news or big changes that are coming maybe to your show or things you're going to be doing in your business that you want to share with your audience. Show that excitement. And you may not necessarily get a lot of people on at that moment in time, but one thing that a lot of these platforms seem to love in the algorithm is this live video. So it kind of gives you a little bit of that charge that maybe you'll get some people starting to look at your page and then they'll see maybe that scheduled, consistent live content that you want to put out there. And to that point, by the way, about when you're going to be going live and having that schedule It's one thing to put that information out on your social media channels. For example, on Facebook, I can put a post out that reminds people I'm going to be going live. I can then take that a step further, though, and I can send that out to my email list. If people have opted in, I send it out to my email list. And then I could also have a follow-up email reminder nudging them when there's 30 minutes or one hour before that broadcast. Now, in addition to that, though, if I have a website, I should have a page for my show as well where people can tune in and they can watch the episode and they can learn about some of the previous ones that you're also doing or have done. So definitely pay attention to, you know, having that schedule and trying to be as consistent with it as possible, because that's going to help you get a baseline on that optimal length. For example, if I'm going live every single week and I've determined I'm going to go live for 45 to 60 minutes. So I have a range there. 
I can easily look at that and know roughly how long people are tuning in. But it also helps my audience because they know when to tune in. And you are going to have to condition them. So your first few lives that you do, you might not get a lot of people tuning in. However, you want to make sure you're consistent and you're constantly reminding them. There's various points, for example, during your show where you're telling them, maybe it's at the end, for example, if you like this show, tune in next week or tune in in two weeks when you're going to have whoever the person is on your show and what time the show is going to be. So by being able to get that in front of people ahead of time, it's going to help them prepare. Now, the other thing though, that is really important is not worrying if people don't show up to your live stream. You know, Jim, you and I talked about this earlier. There's a lot of prep time that goes into producing a live stream. So if it's a 30 minute live stream, yeah, it might be 30 minutes, but you have time beforehand, you have time at the end, and so on. So for example, if during the live stream you don't answer any comments, you have to answer those at the end or the following day or the following week, whenever you've determined is the best time. At the same time though, you need to make sure that you are consistently prepared for the show as well. So you've gone over your material, you know, for example, if you have a guest on, you know all the information about them as well. So there's a lot more that goes into it. So like a 30 minute show might be two to three hours of prep time. Now, in addition to that, though, to Jem's point about replays, replays are really important because there is never going to be a time that works for everyone. You're going to have to figure out what that time is. And what are some ways, Jem, that somebody can figure that out? Part of it is just by testing. You could actually do a survey of your audience. Maybe you put a survey in your social media or if you hopefully have built an email list of your subscribers, you send out to them, you know, hey, what's the best day and time for you? And give them some options that actually fit your schedule. But ultimately, don't get hung up on the number of live viewers at the time of your show. You really want to be watching the replay numbers. It's all about the replay because you're that's where you're kind of getting that living, breathing show that lets you know or or video in general that shows you how much interest, which unless you want to add something uh, here, Christian, really leads into the next part where I know you've come up with five ways for you to look at really doing the science of how long your live video should be. Definitely. So, you know, we talked about some of the factors that go into helping you figure out what that right time is. But we've come up with some ways to help you find your ideal length for live videos. And so the first one I want to talk about is reviewing your analytics. Analytics should be something that you review on a consistent basis. For example, you don't have to be that granular to the point where you're looking at them every day, but maybe you're looking at them every week or at minimum every month. So I would say build in time at the end of each month to assess how did my performance for that month go. And it starts with your analytics. For example, if you're on YouTube, you can use YouTube analytics within Creator Studio and you can look at your YouTube live or even any individual YouTube videos that you've uploaded and you can determine the average viewing duration, the average watch time, where people are dropping off in your videos and the benefit there is it helps you determine how 
long your videos need to be. For example, if it's a 45 minute video and people are watching, you know, 50% of it, okay, well, I can drop it down to what's that about, about 20 something minutes, Jim. So I might want to try shortening my video or setting a marker for myself. Every live video that I make should be a maximum of 45 minutes and then try scaling it back. Well, what happens if it's 30 minutes? How much do people watch? What happens if it's 20 minutes? You know, it's again, it's also about, it's a bit of a give and take, I guess. You have to make sure that the content is good, that is condensed enough into that amount of time. At the same time though, you want to make sure that your audience is engaged. So you don't want to rush through it to the point where your audience, for example, doesn't get their questions answered. Like I'll give the webinar example. If the goal of the webinar is to, go through a presentation and then sell someone on the back end of it. You don't want to rush through it so much that you get to the end and your audience doesn't get any chance to actually ask any questions or get some of their questions answered. However, you know, if it's content that really doesn't require a lot of questions from your audience, well, maybe I can speed it up to where I give them exactly what they need and leave a little bit of time for a few questions because I know that, that might not be something that, that audience is going to be interested in. So, Jim, what's the second way? A B testing. Test different lengths. You know, if you've got a five minute video, I don't make it four or six minutes, jump up to another level, go 10, 15 minutes, or even the earlier uh, part that you brought up about maybe your video is too long and go from 45 minutes to 30 minutes or 30 minutes to 20 minutes. And by taking that view time, and seeing if your audience is sticking with what you're providing, you're, you're going to find that sweet spot. Don't expect it to happen overnight. And, and that's one way I would think uh, is a great way for you to take a look at your video links. And for sure. And also want to make sure we reiterate that, for example, for the analytics side, YouTube has YouTube analytics. There's also Facebook analytics. So you want to look at the two and you want to see if your video, for example, is being simulcasted to, YouTube and Facebook, you want to look at it and find where that audience drop-off is at. And the same thing for the different links. For example, one of our guests that we've had on the show, Rob Balasabas, he and I talked about you know figuring out the ideal length. And one thing he did was he would start his live video on one platform and he would also start on a second platform. And then he would stop the one where he knows the audience for example, is not necessarily going to watch through very much and he'd direct them over to the other channel. So it's a good little trick. I'm going to say trick, but maybe it's, it's a good little tactic to use to help you determine the length of your live videos. Now, in addition to that though, Jim, what's another way that people can figure out the right length for their live videos? We all have our favorite live streamers. So take a look at their live streams and see how long are their shows. But the biggest thing to remember is don't compare yourself to others. We're all at different steps in the journey. We all have different audiences, different content. But by looking at what's working for them, which you may find that it's very channel specific. I know as an example, when we've watched stuff on YouTube, and yes, a lot of times stuff is recorded on YouTube, but it seems to be for a lot of these videos, it's like a four to 10 minute mark is where there's really get a lot of viewership. But if you're watching on Facebook, you know, some people say, well, Facebook 
videos period should be less than three minutes. But if you're having a show, you might say, well, that doesn't really fit me. Well, then go find people that are doing shows on these platforms that are getting great engagement and great uh, viewership. But also maybe look at what they're doing. Look at their how they're pre-promoting some of these other things, because you may find it's not so much your content, it's but how you're getting your content out there. I think that's a great point, actually. You know, and in addition to that, one other thing that I think is really important about not really comparing yourself to others is not trying to make yourself fit into a mold. And what I mean by that is the platform that you're using for live streaming. A lot of people, they make this, you know, uh, they basically flip flop back and forth between different platforms. For example, StreamYard is what we use and hey, that works great for interviews. But if we're going to do a tutorial and we need to zoom in or we need to pull up, for example, folders on our desktop or things like that, that's not necessarily the live stream platform we would use for that type of stream to video. So you want to you know, go, it goes back to like the whole point that we said at the beginning, which is you want to know what your purpose of your live stream is. Because for example, if you're doing an interview, you don't need to make yourself fit into that particular tool that you're using for live streaming. You want to make sure that you can have your show how you want to have it. And then you use the different platforms because they basically all do the same thing for the most part, but you want to make sure that you're not being forced to use the platform and make everything else conform to it versus this is my show. This is how I structure it. And this is the platform that I'm going to use for that one. I'm going to pick between, you know, multiple platforms there. Uh, now, in addition to that, Jim, are there any other ways that people can figure out how they're, how long they should make their live videos? This is one of my favorite ones in a sense. You need to compare platforms, but what you have to remember is there is what I like to call a platform audience psychology. It's like, well, wait a minute now. I didn't like psychology in school. What are you talking about? People have different behaviors on different platforms. People on YouTube are going there to specifically consume video. It's, it's a known fact that people go on YouTube, they'll watch it, you know, for sometimes hours at a time. I've even heard at one point that the average YouTube session is 40 minutes that's that's a great thing for you as a as a uh, someone that's trying to get the word out there where Facebook that same person on Facebook they're just kind of scrolling through looking for updates from friends and family and they might catch your video but then they're like if you're taking too much time and I know my wife has told me this I don't know about yours Christian she's only going to watch a video for so much time and then she's going on to something else cuz she didn't come there to get sucked into a video she came in there to almost sometimes just have some mindless time i mean so we have to remember that the same person is going to treat different platforms differently because they have a different expectation yeah i think that's definitely a good point jim i mean as far as paying attention to the platform audience psychology i really like that actually you know and again just remembering that all of the social media platforms are not the same so people go to Facebook and they look for those short updates, those quick updates. And if they're going to watch a video, yeah, they're going to watch probably a couple of minutes worth of a video, if, if even that, by the way. And then on YouTube, I mean, I find myself doing this. I go to YouTube and I want to watch 
when I go to YouTube, I know what I'm going to get versus I think on Facebook, I don't necessarily know what I'm going to get. No, you're not knocking it. It's just, it's just a fact. It's just, it's just kind of like you said, we go there with a specific mindset of what we're expecting. Mm -hmm. Now, granted, if I know I'm going to go watch someone's show on Facebook and that's my intent originally, I'm definitely going to do that. But it also leads to where you may want to think about as an example, put your quick updates on Facebook and your in-depth content on YouTube. And also to your early example of what our friend Rob does, right? Maybe start out multi-streaming and you know, because the people aren't going to spend a long time on Facebook, say, Hey guys, if you want to continue to watch this episode, we're going to go in a lot more depth and detail over on our YouTube channel. For sure. And you know, and that's a great AB testing option as well. And it's a fun way actually, because you're moving your audience where you want to get them to. For example, say somebody's in a line to enter a business or a restaurant or something like that. You know, they know exactly where they're start. Like you're telling them where they start, and then how do they get to that door? You're directing them. It's the same way for video content as well. You got to make sure that you are directing them where you want them to view the content at. You know, and that's a great split test that you can run a very easy split test. And by the way, you do want to make sure you do that a few times. You don't want to do it one to five times, for example, and then say, okay, well, Hey, I've got all the results I need because one to five times is not going to cut it. You might want to do it for a month. You might even want to tell your audience you're going to be doing that, you know, cause then they might be willing to actually give you feedback to help make that, you know, decision much faster. So Jim, are there any other ways that people can figure out how long their live stream should be? Our fifth and final one that uh, we would really want to reemphasize, and we've talked about this in, in a previous episode as well, is your audience. Where does your audience spend most of their time and where do they prefer to consume their video? Because you got to remember your audience isn't everyone. Have you identified who that audience is, built that audience persona? And it's so important that you understand it. Because if your audience is not on Facebook, you can spend all the time you want, but you're going to really get frustrated with yourself when you find, well, I'm not getting any views on Facebook. Well, was your audience there to begin with? What are your thoughts, Christian? I definitely think that knowing your audience is absolutely key. I mean, you have to figure out what your audience wants and don't be afraid to ask them, you know, and you can do this a bunch of different ways. You could put out a social media post. Maybe you have a Facebook group or a private community somewhere where you are just chatting with your audience, not to sell them on anything, but to get information from them. For example, if I notice five people are always commenting on the content I publish I may want to reach out to those people and add them to a private messenger group or WhatsApp chat. And that way I can just ping them and say, hey, you know, I'm thinking about doing this adjustment. What do you all think? Because they actually would know it probably better than you would because they're the people consuming your content. So I definitely think that, you know, figuring out where your audience spends the most time is key and taking some of those shortcuts to help you get that information by reaching out to the people who are your fans, your actual real fans, the people that are your cheerleaders that will go to bat for you all the time, or the ones who will, you know, defend you or the ones who will give you, you know, that information honestly. 
you know, because it can be very challenging to get a lot of information from people at times. So Jim, is there anything else we want to add about how to figure out how long those live streams should be? No, I think I think we've really hit on a lot. We would love for your feedback from you all, though. You know, make sure too that you're subscribing and reviewing these episodes. And if you want to visit us on any of our social channels, we'd love for you to drop a message to us. Let us know what you think of this episode and also give us some feedback. Maybe you have some ideas about what the ideal length that we should be using as live streamers. And maybe we'll have that on a future episode. Definitely. And you know, if, if you have your own times that you've used, for example, for me, Jim, I know I publish for like 45 to 60 minutes. How long is your show, by the way? It's usually 30 to 45 minutes. Okay. So we've got 30 to 45, 45 to 60, but what length are you finding success with for your live streams? Let us know, but that's going to do it for episode 25 of the Launch Your Live podcast, where we discussed how to determine how long your live video should be. For more information, head to launcher.live forward slash EP25. We'll see you all in a future episode. Thanks a lot for listening. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Launch Your Live podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform. Also, visit launchyour.live for more resources based on today's topic, as well as access to even more episodes that will help you level up your live videos. That's launchyour.live. So until next time, keep going live.